Welcome to Diversity Dish, where we're dishing on everything diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice related. My name is Cedrola Maruska, and we're bridging the gap between what needs to be said and what needs to be heard. Those individual experiences that are often ignored or simply dismissed. Sometimes I'm dining alone. Sometimes I'm dining with friends. And sometimes I'm dining a la carte. No matter how I'm dining, it promises to be delicious. Let's dig in. Melissa Kigua started her career at 19 as a journalist. She traveled to refugee camps, different villages in East Africa, and spent time with indigenous communities in South America and China. Later, she transitioned to Hollywood, where she was surrounded by Black excellence and wealth. She felt deeply honored to have shared space in all those worlds, but always felt a sense of tension. What does it mean to be a woman who genuinely loves fashion, but also recognizes fashion accounts for 10% of all global emissions? What does it look like to love diamonds, rubies, and sapphires while also recognizing the conflict zones these gems are often sourced from? Aubange is her love child because it combines her favorite things, luxury, jewelry, beautiful black women, and sustainability. It aligns with her aesthetic to her consciousness. On a real tangible level, Black women shape culture and our purchasing power is profound. By shifting how we consume, we can both look good while doing good. Hey, welcome back to Diversity Dish. I'm so glad you decided to join us again. My guest today is Melissa Kagua. Hey, Melissa. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you. Happy to be here. Oh, it's such a pleasure to have you. I cannot wait for people to hear about what you're doing and, and how you're doing it. But before we get into that, I want you to tell us, what is it you're passionate about right now? Right now, I'd say, you know, actually my, my through line has not changed in terms of if you sort of saw the, my life arc, but I'm passionate about women. I'm passionate about us. I don't, I don't necessarily believe in empowerment because I think you already have your power. Sometimes we, we forget. We live in a cultural, you know, political sort of paradigm that has many of us, regardless of our gender, sort of forget that we are very powerful beings. And so my, what I'm passionate about is just eking us towards that remembrance. I love that. And you're right. I think that we do forget our power. I think that that is also, that's part of my story, you know, forgetting what I was put here to do and just simply living by default. So many people are living by default. They just kind of fall into a routine and forget that they have the power to make the difference that they want to see within their lives. So I love that. And, and you know, I don't, the routine can also be powerful, right? I mean, you and I were speaking earlier about where our families are from. Um, I think, you know, if I take a lineage of sort of like uh, coming from 
a country of war or a country of, you know, um, my mother was a political asylum. I disclosed that before. Routine was a big part of her healing. Being in a place of consistency was a big part of her healing, right? And so the power there was the about the, the power to find stability and safety amidst literal chaos, amidst the most chaotic that <laughs> one can be in, right? Yeah, Which is yeah. like civil unrest, mm -hmm. you know, living under a dictator. So what that power looks like for all of us is different. I don't want it to seem like, oh, you got to go out and start a business and it looks like this and da 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 but it is just to say that you are yours before you're anything else. Absolutely. And, and just and just having that awareness, you know, um, it can it can just it it helps as we as we move through the world. Well, you know, I you know when I say that, you know, I think intentionality is important, mm -hmm. right? So when I say that people are living in default, I think what I'm what I'm saying is that they're not thinking about how they want their world to be. They're it. simply going along with the next easiest thing. And yeah. so if you're being intentional, if that intentionality brings you to a lot of stability rep rep repetition, everybody's lives needs repetition for sure. Like, yeah. you know, I, I love to travel and I, you know, did some traveling this summer, but I'm so happy to be home. Yeah. and go okay now I get up at this time I do this at this time I do this at this time it there's there's definite calming and 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 stability in that in that you know in that routine but if that routine is not intentional if that routine right. is just something that has just been thrust upon you yeah. it's a very different thing right it's a very totally. different thing because you know I am not let me tell you I'm I'm an entrepreneur, but I am all for people who go, that is not for me. I am going to, because I'm like, you know what? This is not an easy life. It is, not. It, <laughs> it is not. And so if you know already that this is not for you, man, I applaud you. It's just like when people say, I'm not having any children. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I applaud you because, you know, that too is not an easy life. And that is 24 seven until you die. So, you know, it's just. You're, I, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's funny because I actually, I say that all the time too, where people are like, should I be an entrepreneur? And I'm like, most likely no. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a game out here. It's not, you know, and honestly, you know, I go back and forth a lot. And, and I think that some entrepreneurs kick themselves for thinking, oh, maybe I should just go get a job. You know what? There's nothing wrong with wanting to have that stability and wanting to have that regular paycheck and wanting to know exactly what your day is going to look like every day. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I go back and forth all the time and I weigh, weigh the options. I weigh what I'm willing to sacrifice in order to have either one because there's a sacrifice on either side, right? What, what keeps you but, in? What keeps you in? What keeps me, you, you're interviewing me now. <laughs> I'm sorry. And so it's okay. I just it's lived okay. into it. <laughs> it's all good. You know, what keeps me in, I think, is the freedom that I have to use my time as I want to use my time mm. and not having anyone else dictate to me how my time needs to, to be used. 
And I think that's what keeps me in. What keeps you in? Because you're an entrepreneur too. We're going to talk about your 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 venture and we're going to talk about all of that. But what keeps yeah. you in? Hey, how would it feel to use your talents in the cause of social justice? It's no secret that Black, Indigenous, queer, people of color, or those who are part of any marginalized group don't get a fair shake, experience systemic racism, and must work harder for the same rights and privileges that white people receive just by virtue of their race. We also know it doesn't have to be that way. Sometimes that can get overwhelming. Where do we start to make a real difference? What we know we need are upstanders and advocates, people ready to stand up, take action, and spend their privilege to help others. If that's you, I want to invite you on a discovery date with me. Discovery date is a full day immersion in your passions, talents, and desires to help you create a blueprint of powerful, focused action where you'll make the most impact. On your date, we'll discover your strengths, we'll find your lane, and we'll begin your journey. It's just that simple. Discovery Dates with Sadie. If you want to know more, just go to sedrolamariska.com backslash discovery dash dates. Hey, what are you waiting for? Come on over. I'm waiting for you. Exactly what you said, um, time and who gets to dictate my time, but also being a vision bearer, you know, I think... Um, what I found, I, I've definitely been an employee. I've been an employee a lot. My background was mm. in media and entertainment, which is also a hard uh, place to find a career, right? Mm-hmm. I started out as a journalist and moved to Hollywood, worked with really phenomenal people. I'm not going to name drop, <laughs> but <laughs> worked with some of our top most talent in the world, but still, you know, um, it's not easy to find your way. So it takes a lot of grit. It takes a lot of entrepreneurial hustle. It takes a lot of uh, similar similar things that you need in the in the in the entrepreneurial world but I think that for me the more I grew the more I I realized I have a very specific outlook on the world mm-hmm. and so you know if the Koch's brothers get to be over there making their you know billions of dollars and have their worldview out and you know create packs where they're funding legislators and do all this stuff where they literally create our cultural narrative mm-hmm. right I said listen I want in on that game I want mm. in on, I want in on the ability to allow my vision to come out you know we live in a very um, tension-filled time around gender around race around all these things and I'm like, listen, I have a very specific worldview and I want to put it out there. I, I'm, you know, black women are at my heart. I think that, you know, I, and we can talk about this a little later, but my particular business, I'm in the luxury jewelry business, right? My business is um, a luxury jewelry uh, subscription service where you can borrow high-end jewelry. And when you look at the data and you look at the numbers, black women over-index, uh, in terms of our spend, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, if I just one statistic that always I think helps put it into perspective: African American women are twenty one percent more likely than the general population to buy costume jewelry um, that costs five hundred dollars or more. We're two times more likely to shop at Neiman Marcus. Mm. We're you know 
we I could just sort of go on and on and on in the ways we over index in terms of our spend around luxury fashion and luxury jewelry. But in particular, these brands that we patron don't necessarily represent us in their I was I was gonna say because when you look at the advertisements for these high brand these high level brands, we're not represented that much. We're not represented so so the, the 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 visual is saying that oh look these white people can afford and buy all these things and they are affording and buying all these things and leaving the true patrons out in the cold and yet we continue to patronize them and so we need to hold them accountable for that you know right or shop at obange i mean that's exactly right (laughs) i just i think you know and not even just advertisements, but like also the vision of who is beautiful, who are our, you know, who are our, who do we hold on a pedestal? What What is, what is beauty? You know, what is the, their standard of beauty as if there is a standard, you know, we, we're all different because we all like different things. We all, you know, so is there a standard of beauty, right? But we have this standard of beauty quote unquote that is held up and many people a lot of black women brown women you know marginalized people are not represented within that standard so right right and that's the external that's the what we see but then what happens when Mm -hmm. you look at what's happening on the inside how many of us get hired how many of us sit on boards how many of us have equity in these companies so it's really that sort of loop that i that i look at when i sort of examine these things and i say okay where where can i find my place and where can i sort of disrupt based on my skills and my expertise and my knowledge and so that's where we are and so that's where Obange comes in, correct? Right. So tell us a little bit more about Obange because I want the audience to, to know more about Obange and I want to help your company grow because I know that you're fairly new. So go yes, ahead. We are very new. So um, Obange, as I mentioned before, is um, we're a luxury sustainable startup where members are able to borrow high-end designer jewelry like YSL, Dior, Chanel, Hermes for a monthly membership. We look at ourselves as democratizing luxury and we've been a a monthly subscription model so far, but we are um, opening this out to one-time rentals. So, you know, in the next month or two, you won't have to sign up for a monthly membership to rent from our platform. You can go ahead and just come in, find a piece you love, sort of like Airbnb, you know, you can just come in and, um, and borrow a piece on our platform and borrow it for seven days and then send it back. I've been thinking about a bunch for a long time. Um, I've been wanting to start it for a long time. I mentioned before, you know, started my career in media and entertainment. And so was always surrounded by individuals that just had way more money than I did, but I still wanted to floss. And the expectation was that you would look a certain way, that if you're in certain rooms, Mm. you represent 
the artist or the talent or the company well. So, um, and it's funny on my own podcast, I speak to the beauty director at Cosmo, Julie Wilson, and she Mm -hmm. speaks about when she was just interning on the come up herself Mm -hmm. and she had an interview and she charged her credit card $5,000 for a Mew Mew dress, right? She, mm-hmm. she took it back, but there was a little moment where she lost the belt and was like, are they really going to charge me this 5,000? Like, is this going to be on my card? So when she told me that story, I related a lot to the stories of the things many women do to sort yeah. of get in, fit in, have social signifiers that were valuable, especially Black women, right? We have many stories about in our workspaces and whatnot, showing up in a way that you will respect us. You will know that we're here to, to do what we do, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so Obond really was born from like just my experiences, understanding that I'm, I'm, I'm in this space. I want to look beautiful. I want to look great. I, but like consumption, how are we consuming? Fashion accounts for 10% of carbon emissions. I'm someone who, if you can't tell by now, is very intentional about how I move in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I, you know, I, I wanted a place where I could wrestle with these complexities, but in an entrepreneurial way. The circular model, um, the rental model, you know, it's mm-hmm. one of the most sustainable models mm-hmm. and to consume. And so that that was that. I said, let's, let's, let's play in the space. Latote has done incredibly well read the runway has done incredibly well and I thought well what's my where can I sort of have a niche and Mm -hmm. I felt that it was high-end jewelry that's sort of you know a place that you know still has a lot of um it still has a lot of disruption our traditional jewelry retailers are very old school yeah and tell us because I know that your your model um subscription is 29 dollars you know, for the, the lowest subscription. And then I think $49 is that for the, for the next year. So you've got $29 or $49. And to me, and I go, you're mean to tell me that I can rent like high end jewelry for like $29. It's like kind of mind blowing. So tell us how you're able to do that. How are you able to rent that type of that level of jewelry for that amount? Yeah, so we definitely uh, look at ourselves as democratizing luxury, and not just in the sense that everybody should be able to access luxury because not everybody's interested in luxury, but Mm -hmm. in the sense that, as I mentioned before, like what does representation look like? If you, you know, if we're patroning brands, should be able to see ourselves in them and reflect it in the brand. Um, And so, how we're able to do that is we consider ourselves a second closet. So, we are purchasing pieces in bulk with our suppliers. We have relationships and, you know, as it is anytime that you're sort of purchasing at large, you get, you know, you're able to, to negotiate in very specific ways. Um, and so we've just been cultivating those relationships. Our closet is boasts more than $40,000 worth of jewelry. So it's quite, it's quite a lot. You know, if we're working with a direct store, like there's, I always say there's nothing more Chanel than Chanel. So if we're purchasing from the, directly from the store, then that's that. But if we are purchasing from maybe um, a luxury uh, third-party um, reseller, definitely they have very sturdy authentication teams in place. Verification is huge, huge, huge for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we, we're, we're really sort of like sticklers about that. I love it. How many, how many people do you currently have work um, as subscribers for your brand right now, Obange? 
Yeah, well, no company says that. <laughs> Even Netflix wouldn't tell you that. <laughs> but we do I, okay. I do, I talk about the pilot that we've been running on our, um, on our, on our investment page, which I'll talk to you about later. Yes, you do have an investment page. We will talk. Yeah, about we'll that. talk about that. But yeah, yeah, we are, we're growing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're growing and we're really excited about what it looks like as the world continues to open up. I mean, right now we're sort of in a dodgy place, but uh, we don't know what's happening right now. But as the world continues to open up, we, we really look forward to that. Yeah. What is, what is the length of time that people can subscribe, uh, can hold the pieces for? Yeah. So you can actually keep a piece for as long as you want, as long as you're paying your monthly membership. So the way that it works is um, for the $29, you can run one piece at a time. And for the $49, you can rent two pieces at a time. Okay. And in order, and you can keep those pieces as long as you want. So you can keep them for a year. You can keep them for three days, right? Uh, Shipping is prepaid. So your packaging, when you're ready to send it back, you just pop it right back in the mailer that it came in and send it back. And then you can come online and and order yourself another piece. So members tend to love that. You also have the option of purchasing a piece um, if you fall in love with it. So Mm -hmm. that tends to happen when someone gets something they wouldn't normally wear. They go outside with it. People are complimenting them. They're saying, oh my gosh, you are amazingly yeah. gorgeous. You know, we'll, we'll see an order for that piece straight away. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. I love it. I've never thought of jewelry as something to rent, but I like, I love that idea. And I think that it is definitely a, a great idea. And I know that subscriptions are so I mean, everything right now is trying to find a a way to do subscriptions, right? Because it sustains the company and it kind of sustains, you know, the environment because you're kind of recycling things through, you know, through the environment. So I love that. So your clientele, tell us a little bit about your your customer, your average customer. Who who is your average customer? Yeah, so... um... I really, I started talking about black women before I started, before I said this. So like I mentioned, when I first, when I first started Obange, I actually, I was like, it's going to be for all women interested in luxury jewelry, you know, like we're just, we're this, we're, we're a brand for all women who want to get in on this. And as I mentioned, as I started really digging into the data, really doing customer, you know, um, interviews that, that whole thing that you got to do as an entrepreneur. I really, I started really seeing the numbers around black women spend in with luxury jewelry. And I said, there is something here, right? Throw another statistic at you. Black women are make up, um, I want to say it correctly. We are 60 million out of the $385 million overall national spend on luxury watches and timepieces. I think that's about 35%. just our our little sliver of the population makes up about 35 percent of all luxury watches and timepieces in the united states so (laughs) like it's just as i keep going in i'm like oh this is overwhelming like this is the literal definition of an untapped market 
right? Right. That has not necessarily been activated or reached out to or loved on in a very particular type of way. Right. And so um, I sort of started digging and digging and digging in. And I said, this is it. You know, we're going to be a brand that I, I call Obanja Love Letter to Black Women. And of course, all women are invited in. But in the same way, you know, some of these brands are not going to come out and say, oh, we are a love letter to white women. But just but, go on their Instagram, go on their, I mean, it is. It really, it they is. don't they don't say it right and I'm like right. maybe I shouldn't say it so and I'm just like what do you mean I only have black women it's for all women right <laughs> but that that's you know that speaks to my mindset you know I'm like there's nothing wrong with saying that there's an untapped market here yeah. and we want to we want to serve yeah it's very interesting that you said that because this morning as a <laughs> And I hadn't even, I hadn't even looked into your, 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 your stuff yet, really. But right before, before, while I was taking a shower, I was thinking to myself that, isn't it interesting that when black people say we love black people or we love being black or black power, white people get very nervous about that yeah. because they know traditionally when they say that they're meaning harm to others that are not that whereas black people are simply saying it to re reaffirm themselves because the messaging that we get on a regular basis does not say that says that we should not love ourselves so we don't have any power that we are not worthy and so we are reinforcing the idea that we do but it makes white people nervous Mm. and so when you say that it's like no we are celebrating white black women you know um is it okay to say that i think it's absolutely necessary to say that because it is in the work that i do i think it's very necessary that we begin to have white people see themselves as a race because they don't right now right now they see themselves as the norm and once we begin to show that people are people and people all people can do things they have to then fall they kind of have to fall in line with well i'm a person i'm a white person and you know this is how it kind of works for me and so i think it's very interesting that you said that and i want you to know that yes please affirm the black woman (laughs) yeah and i you know it's it's really interesting you said that because i think you know, and we don't have to stay here, but I do think it's very important for people to see themselves as part of a lineage or like to see themselves within the arc of their historical story. Um, and I think that yes. that gets somehow that gets people are actually very um, resistant to seeing themselves as mm-hmm. part of the historical arc of whatever it is they have been. Yes. And, and I'm like, no, we didn't, end up here in a vacuum not one person did so you want a full picture of how you are and how others are you have to be able to understand yourself and that's how you can understand yourself as a race and not just say I'm Mm -hmm. a I'm a person but yes you're a person who is embedded in a cultural historical political sociological context right exactly right that's exactly right yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because when we hear, you know, when we hear things like, well, I didn't do that. So why should I have to pay for it? It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, it's more you understand. It's yeah. very much, it's very more complicated than it's that. More, right. And so it's kind of like, we're, we're, where do you want to start with the history, honey? Where, you you know, with, and you know, yeah. it's a question I get um, with investors all the time, because like, that's the first question they ask is like, how big, how big is this market? Like, you know, and it's always with a bit, with a bit of like, oh gosh, like I, you know, uh, you know, yes. um, well, just gonna say having to make the, having to really sort of like make the compelling story and narrative, but I'm also like, I'm not new to, you've never heard of FUBU? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't heard? Okay. Well, uh, all right. Y'all, y'all learn, you'll learn. Yes. <laughs> And, and you know, you, and so it, you I watch Shark Tank, you just don't pay attention to what's on there. <laughs> and it's very interesting because that tends to be the, the sense of people whenever something that is predominantly of, of someone else that is not white comes forth. So if you're a Black writer, if you're a Brown writer, if you're, you know, a native, whoever you are, if you are not a white writer, then all of a sudden it's, well, do you think people really want to hear that story? Do you think people really want to read that or watch that movie or watch that TV show? There's always that little bit of that, that, well, because, and I wonder if it's in their mind, they think they don't want to see it. And so they think nobody wants to see it, or if they just don't understand their market as well as they think they do, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, there's just a lot of, I think there's just a lot of assumption around um, what the world is, what the United States is, and what what will appeal to the quote unquote people of the United States. But people are far more complicated uh, than we give them, than we give them the, you know, yep. what's the word, than we give, we, we underestimate, we underestimate, yes. well, we underestimate. Yes, we greatly underestimate what people are looking for mm -hmm. or will will accept, will want, will will yearn for. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't we don't really think about what people yearn for. We just think about what we think, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than and and that's, you know, and that's a that's also also what comes up when you're talking about equity. There's that question of well, we don't want to treat anybody different. We don't want to lower our standards. We don't want to do this. We don't want that. It's like, nobody's asking you to lower your standards. No one's asking you to uh, give preferential treatment. We're just, people are just asking for what they need in order to succeed that has always been given to a certain demographic of people. And now we're asking for it for all people. And so that's, you know, that's what it, that's what it's for. Yeah. You have, uh, I don't know if you're ready to talk about it or not, but you have a venture capital idea. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. <laughs> a venture capital idea in, in what sense? In that you feel, so venture capitalists, right? You said that they will not look at a company or invest in a company unless it's like what a million dollars. Is that, is that what it is? They, so with venture capital, they want like, 
it used to be 10x return, but I think even these days they want to hear language around a 50x, 100x, 500x return. So, you know, you can just calculate that if it's $100, what is a, what's a 50x return on that? Or what would be a 100x return on that? Because they want to be able to get returns on their money in a significant way, right? Right. Those are the Ubers of the world. Those are the, you know, that's, that's sort of like, they want you to be a huge company. Yeah. And so what is your idea in terms of pooling money? I think I read that in your, when I was looking at your, your website today. Yeah. Yeah. I understand exactly what you're saying. So um, in the traditional sort of Silicon Valley model in order to be, so even let me take a step back and say, because a lot of this, a lot of like, again, the same way we're democratizing, I think luxury I'm, I'm conscious of being in front of the brand and behind the brand, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not just lip service, right? Um, and so the startup space is also incredibly insular and incestuous, okay? Mm. And if you think about the ways to build wealth in this country, if you are not a rapper, an entertainer, an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. It's through building a business, it's through share stock in private or publicly owned companies it's in real estate right there's very Mm -hmm. specific ways that you can sort of build wealth um, and get that sort of generational wealth now you can invest in a public shared company by just buying stock right Tesla stock is 300 a share or something. And then you can just go and get what you can of that. And you hope that over time it will, it will do what it do Mm -hmm. in privately traded in, in private companies, right. They have not IPO'd um, you would invest Mm -hmm. and there's different categories of that. You can be friends and family, right. When a company is just starting out, you can be an angel. Um, those typically can write checks from anywhere from $10,000 to $100,000. And then you get into uh, VC money, which they're writing those bigger checks. That can be a micro VC might write $250,000 check, but like the biggest VC companies are writing $50 million checks, $100 million checks, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So those are sort of the different categories of financing in the investment world. Now, in order to get into that angel bracket, right, where you're writing those those smaller, quote unquote, smaller checks, you need to be an accredited investor. You need to have a net worth of at least a million dollars, right? So already right there, how many people get to play in this pool? How many Mm -hmm. people get access? And so what we're doing is equity crowdfunding. And equity crowdfunding means that for a minimum of $100, you can get in buy shares of a, of a private company, right? And the platform, I'm using WeFunder, that's the platform. It aggregates all these individuals who are putting on $100, $500, $1,000, $5,000, what you can, right? Mm-hmm. And it aggregates all of that. And so it kind of comes as like one lump sum as a check to the company. Mm-hmm. But what that does is it allows you to be um, it allows you to be an investor in a company. And so that's currently what we're doing. We're about, we've raised about 60% of our minimum goal. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, we're just, we're just a few weeks in to our, our crowdfund and we can put up the link or talk about it. It's WeFunder, 
slash Obanj, O-B-A-N-J, and you can check us out. But we want, we, we think that if you're going to be a patron of the company, you should also own a piece of it. Mm-hmm. Or, or if you're just out there and you wanted to get in and you want to call yourself an investor, like do that. Nothing, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we, it's these, the gatekeepers of these things, you yes. know, got to mm-hmm. be gatekeepers by keeping it away through all these really big barriers. Yeah. But I think that what's really um, exciting about the way forward is that there are these different resources we can use to sort of try to, to get us in, right? Because that's all we need. We just need to get in, right? Mm-hmm. Once we see what's going on and once we know what's going on, then we can get in. And when you invest in a private company, it's a long game thing, right? You're mm-hmm. banking on the next five to 10 years, this company will either be acquired and then you get a check or it's going to IPO and then you get a big old check. Mm-hmm. And so that's, it's really the ability of starting to think about your wealth in a long-term sort of way and, and build your portfolio up the best way you know how. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And it's, and you're right. It's a, it's about building legacy. It's about getting into the game. You know, we look at a lot of these companies and we look at a lot of, you know, how big they've gotten and you go, man, if you had invested in back in, you know, but <laughs> you know, you think about it, it's like, it's like, it's almost like a pipe dream. It's kind of like, yeah, if we could have had some money back then to invest in there, you know, because you have to have, like you said, huge amounts of money in order to play the game. But it's like a, you know, it's like a high roller poker game, right? You gotta, you gotta, well, you can only play this game if you have a hundred thousand dollars to start it's like oh crap you know can't I can't do that but what yeah. you're saying is well you can play this game if you have a hundred dollars <laughs> you can even find a hundred dollars <laughs> I love the voice and that's exactly it you're that's exactly it yeah. yeah 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 and I think I think that's fantastic because I think that I think that it's time for more people to be able to have that type of access and t- understand how it works because so many people who've not ever been able to play the game don't understand how the game works yeah right so if you can get in at that level and you can learn how it works and you can learn you can kind of kind of grow with it it's kind of like cryptocurrency right right now cryptocurrency is like it's like a thing yeah yeah it's a thing I it's mean, if you, if you had purchased Bitcoin, you could have purchased Bitcoin for like, I don't know, $5 or so when it first came out, $10 or what have you, one of your coins would now be worth fifth, almost $50,000. Yeah. So if you had put in $10 a week, just $10 a week, you know, yeah. to, to Bitcoin, where would you be right now? Right now you would be sitting pretty doing nothing right? Doing whatever you wanted, really, whatever you wanted, basically. <laughs> so. I mean, Crypto is a, a little volatile, but you're absolutely right in terms of being able to just diversify what you're doing and getting in. I mean, I call a lot of the stuff the wild, wild west, because in the beginning, yes. that's where you can sort of get in and play. But that's, that's also where we we don't tend to know. Um, And also just having the resources to sort of uh, like to think that we can get in, right? Sometimes it's also just what we believe about ourselves, but I'll say, especially for women, 
especially yes. for women. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, um, even when I think of like who the typical person right now is in the crowdfund equity, the, the equity crowdfund space, it's white men still as well right? Because those are the ones who are like, hey, let's get in on this. This is a way for me to raise my company without having to like deal with the traditional investors. This is great. Like I can set my own terms and I can do all this stuff. Yeah. And, and so even- But I think it has, I think a lot of that has to do with the information that you have or the information that you, that it, that comes around you, right? Yeah. So we're having this conversation right now. And so we're putting kind of a bit of information out there yeah. and who's listening and they go, well, let me go check that out and let me see how it is. It's about the information that they have there. The, 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 the thing is that there, there are certain conversations where people are like, well, how come it, why is it that people don't go to college if they, you know, they don't go to college well, maybe their parents didn't go to college. Are they sitting around talking about college or is college not even a conversation? Is it kind of like um, going straight to work? Which I'm not saying that college is a must, especially in this day and age right now, we're kind of getting to the place where we're starting to realize you know, different things, but it's just kind of that conversation. It's like, well, why aren't they investing? Well, there's nobody talking about it at the dinner table there's nobody talking right. about it at the family reunion there's nobody talking about nobody knows so nobody's talking about it so there's no information being exchanged yeah. the difference is over you know with the with the white men is that maybe maybe your family might not be in it but you know what the circle your community the circle that that is in someone's going to say hey you know I, I think you should get in on this thing and I think that that's where that comes from. So I'm like, I think that that's what we definitely need to keep doing is to keep talking about things that are beneficial to and can build legacy for our communities and our families. And people just start understanding that it can be as little as $5 sometimes, mm -hmm. right? $5 a week regularly, instead of the lotto ticket, if you buy lotto tickets, as I'm not assuming everybody buys lotto tickets, but it's, you know, if you buy, you know, if you want to skip a, a, a latte, if you want to, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but $5 is findable mm -hmm. in people's budgets. And so $5 a week or five, you know, just to say, okay, it's not something I'm going to think about. I'm just going to invest it here. I'm just going to keep putting it here because I heard that this might be something that could work and I'm not sure how it works, but let me just see how it works. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would, you know, recommend for anyone listening, who's interested, um, you know, go to the, the two major platforms, sort of WeFunder and Republic, and you can go um, and check out the businesses. I mean, you know, like see what excites you. There's yeah. VR companies, there's AI companies, there's breweries, there's, you know, all sorts of things. And then when you've checked it out, come on back to a bunch. That's right. <laughs> you just said you want to make that first investment, invest with us first. But, That's right. but check it out, see what's out there, see what's going on and see you know, what appeals to you. You can definitely do diligence first. Take take a month to just like read everything and go through things when you have time and see what other people are saying. But I think I think it's exciting when we know 
that the world is is opening for us. I think it's exciting to know that we have options. I think it's exciting, you know, um, through Obange, we've had more than 20 people officially call themselves an investor for the first time in their lives. And the messages we get are like, I've, I feel amazing. Like I, I, I want to, I want to continue to be an investor. Like I want to grow my money so that I can invest in more things. And so that I have a quote unquote portfolio, like how cool is that? Right. Yeah. And so, you know, we all, we all get to play in this pond and we get to realize that sometimes life can feel right here, right in front Mm. of us. And Mm -hmm. sometimes when we do these other things, it just feels like, okay, like I'm working towards it, just push, pulling out just a little bit. We just, you know, and and that's what we all are asking for. Like, not everyone might want to be a millionaire. Not everybody wants to be ultra wealthy. We just want to live well. We don't want to have to worry about the bills every, every month. We don't want to have to worry about like, you know, is it gas or is it like what I'm buying? this week and those are very 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 real decisions we have to make as americans just because of the way our economics are set up yeah so some of this it's like if you don't have a hundred today like you said it's that put that five away put that they call it like you're paying yourself that's your like payment to yourself that you just like end all be all like it's got to go there. And, and, and little by little, we chip away at some of these like deep rooted historical mm-hmm. barriers mm-hmm. that have been there to, for women, not necessarily to have access to money for black women to not necessarily have access to money to mm-hmm. a lot of women of color, not having access to money. Like it is not, it is not your fault that mm-hmm. you don't have the economics you want, but in these little ways we can get we can get access in these little ways we get to move forward this isn't a tomorrow solution Mm -mm. this is five years ten years but hey that's all right that's what we do right we make it work and we grow together absolutely i'm 100 i think that you are right being patient understanding that a lot of things didn't happen overnight. So a lot of things are not going to be fixed overnight, but being patient and understanding that if you're putting in towards that change, then something will happen. Something Mm -hmm. will happen. Um, Eventually something will happen. So I think that that is absolutely correct. I am going to link WeFunder and Republic in the show notes, as well as Aubange because I think it's important, you know, if we're having this conversation, it's important for people to have quick and easy access to this information so that they can, they can start their, their incredible journey of being investors. Cause I think that it does, it does, you know, it kind of, it does do something for you when you, when you go, Oh, I, I put, Oh, I put some money in that. I can't yeah. wait. You, you know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> You're you know, checking, you're checking the businesses. You're like, how are we doing? Is it? Yeah. 100%. It's really a different, uh, and it's a mind shift, right? It's a mindset shift. It's a mind shift. It's just a, a, a perspective shift. You just kind of, oh, you mean to tell me all of this was here. And like you said, you know, you got your hand right in front of your face and that's as far as you can see, but then you open that up and you go, you mean to tell me there was all of this around and I couldn't see it because 
I was standing too close to the wall or too, you know, man. Life, I, life was right here. Life, 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 life is right here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Well, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate yeah. it. And, and if anyone is curious to talk more, please do reach out. You can find my con, you can. I think you can send us a message on the Obange website. I, I don't think my email is there, but you can definitely, but you can reach out to me too, Melissa at Obange.com and we can talk more about it. Yeah. yeah. So is there anything else that you would like to talk about that we haven't talked about today, but that you would like to, you know, get out to the ethers? I think we've talked about a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've been able to dig into really at the heart of why I started a bond and why we're doing this equity crowdfund. I really would love every single person, you know, if you think about it like this, if every single person listening to this episode came and invested a hundred dollars, that right there, right? Like that's a huge bump. So every yeah. everyone should consider getting in on this. We'd yeah. love to call you part owner of the business. Love yeah. to call you a shareholder, stakeholder. And, you know, just let's just keep on growing and thriving together, right? That's what this is all about. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, you heard Melissa, so go ahead and go invest in Obange. And, you know... <laughs> That's what we're here for, to get these, these things out here, because we also understand that it is hard. So it's not only harder for women to get funding, it's harder for Black women or women of color to get funding, even harder. So if you have the opportunity to invest in a woman of color, do it. Because, you know, we're also raised with this idea that we have to be 10 times better. That means that we are not taking your money unless we know that we're going to do something fabulous with it. So, yes. you know, I, and so I'm always like, you know what, I'm, I'm all behind every black woman, every woman of color who is doing something out here in the world and making it, you know, making it apparent that we are here. We are, we are owning our power. <laughs> And, and moving, you know, in this world, whatever it is that we're doing, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much. But before we end our conversation, which has been so fabulous, and I'm so thankful that you came on the show, I want to know, we all want to know, all of us listening, want to know, what is your favorite dish? Mm, what is my favorite dish? You know, um, I don't eat so much meat these days, but my dad makes a mean um, oxtail stew, you Ooh. know? So yeah, I'd say that that's my sort of like childhood, you know, <laughs> go back. I but love it. Party and uh, I feel like, oh, that's love. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's nice when you can feel like, oh, that's love. Cause yeah, there are certain things that my dad makes too that I feel like, oh, that's love. I love that. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for being here. I love what you're doing. And we're gonna do more together because we're gonna we're gonna keep working to get a bunch up there. I love it. I love it. And thank you for this platform. It's really wonderful. Hey. Did you enjoy that episode? If so, please leave a review. It would mean the world, but only if it's a good one and you really did enjoy it. In which case, it would be awesome if you help support my work over at Patreon. The link is in the show notes. And 
finally, before you go, don't forget, we have a date. See you soon.